Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without the constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Paddy, good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to be looking at the pyramid of guidance that an employee needs to excel in their role. So we better start by explaining that. So Paddy, uh, give us the, the intro. What's the, what do we mean when we say the pyramid of employee guidance? <laughs> well, as you would expect, we're, we're talking about a pyramid with uh, foundations at the bottom and a few layers at the top. And there's a few different business models that use this kind of metaphor. Um, for us, the, the foundations of the guidance that your employee needs, and so we're thinking about uh, you've got an employee, they're in a role, perhaps a, you know, your, your sales rep or your developer or your, um, uh, someone in your marketing team, and you're thinking about what's everything that I need to give to this employee so that they can excel in their role. And for that, we're talking about they need to be able to proactively solve all the kind of questions they have about how to do business as usual. It's not about knowing every answer to every project. You know, they're, they're, that's where you, they're going to be getting creative and using their, 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 uh, their brain muscle. But it's about knowing the standard processes that everyone in the organization should be following to get good results. And so when we talk about this pyramid, we're talking about the foundations being your SOPs and policies. Uh, we also sometimes talk about SOPs as, as checklists. So essentially a checklist that tells someone how you expect them to perform a task. And in previous episodes, we've also kind of uh, shared that when we're, you're talking about that, it's not about the, the uh, you know using a, a checklist as a way of micromanaging. It's about giving the standard rules so that they then can then be creative in uh, using their talents to get amazing results for your company. It's so you've set the expectations of what will need to happen for you to be happy with what they've what they've done. And so this foundation layer is looking at all the different tasks they need to do. So for a, someone in sales, it would include uh, doing a uh, discovery call and potentially forecasting their sales for the next quarter and updating the CRM and all these little things where if you don't have it, you get lots of questions. They get make lots of mistakes. Um, and we see this kind of this layer. You could probably say that these checklists, the SOPs are your bricks. And then you've also uh, potentially got these policies or, or reference uh, documents, which you're, Sometimes you've got something which is uh, some guiding principles or rules which kind of sit slightly outside of the checklist that you're following, but need to be um, need to be referenced. And so policies are your your glue. Your most of your guidance goes into checklists, and then you may have a few policies. Uh, examples of policies would be you know the obvious ones in HR. We've got um, your uh, vacation policy. So how much time can you take off and so on, which would then have checklists around requesting time off and approving mm. time off. Um, in marketing, you've got your marketing guidelines. In uh, software engineering, it might be around your uh, principles for writing great code or whatever. It's where you've got some slightly more detailed guidance than needed fundamentally to support the, the checklists. So this foundational layer of SOPs, che checklists, and policies is it's where you need to start. You get this in place and you're giving uh, your employees what they need to be able to start proactively answering uh, their own questions, solving their own problems, reducing mistakes and so on. 
the next layer up is training um, and essentially there are some things where simply giving a you know the, the guidance in a written form isn't going to be enough mm -hmm. to get your team up to a, uh, a high standard if you are doing um, sales discovery calls then yes there will be a standard script that they need to go through but they will need additional coaching and mentoring if they're going to deliver it to a high quality and you're going to need to give them feedback on the way that they present and the what questions they ask and their tone of voice and everything else so you then have training on top but this is really important it sits on top of those foundations because if you yeah. give people training and you don't have the guidance they can then refer to it gets forgotten and this is like <clears throat> the the huge problem that so many business owners uh, and, and leaders face is that they try to jump to the training without having put the the guidance they can refer to in and wonder why people are forgetting and making the same mistakes <clears throat> it will be it will be forgotten every time <laughs> not, well not every time but a big you know a big chunk yeah. people don't remember it uh, I, I always like the analogy of uh, if you've been to university um, training is a bit like going into a lecture and when I went into lectures it was brilliant for making me aware of a concept of potentially mm -hmm. having two or three things that I would walk out of that lecture remembering but I definitely did not remember everything in that lecture I yeah. it doesn't happen it, it's impossible and particularly me I'd be doodly most of the time but it it just it's it's not reality it's not how people work instead you're aware of it and then you can use the the course textbooks you can use the course website you can go on google to answer the additional questions when you need it now in your company if you give training without giving the guidance they can then refer to when they need it it's like having a lecture but having no google nothing else you can refer to and expecting someone to remember everything in it it doesn't work and finally on the on the very top we've got um, onboarding which is essentially a curated uh, sequence of steps which takes people through the various training and the checklists that you've got there's a few additional steps there's a, a standard um, a set of uh, steps that you generally need to go to and we've got templates uh, actually in a manual for that such as meeting the team and getting your tools set up but the the, the really uh, juicy part of that onboarding is about getting them up and ready to do uh, essentially the, the tasks that they need to do in their role and that can then simply lean on the training and onboarding that already exists uh, which then means that you've got training and onboarding which is in a brilliant state for everyone on your team as, uh, as opposed to being tucked away in uh, onboarding which only kind of gets uh, seen every every now and then uh, and uh, the rest of the team doesn't think they should be looking at so yeah that's a pyramid uh, we've got SOPs and foundations on the bottom training layer in the middle and onboarding on top yeah i love that and and, and i think um you know it's uh, uh, as as you've shared on uh, previous episodes right right now so i'm joining live uh, whilst at a, a, a business retreat event in in marbella and it's really interesting because a lot of the challenges the friction points that business owners have when they're you know when they're growing and scaling the business um often relate uh, partic particularly when you're getting into six-figure, seven-figure revenues. A lot of them relate to, to people, getting team members up to speed quickly, getting them so that they can do a really good job and that you can extract yourself as the, as the business owner or the, the leader from the day-to-day -day and, and stop firefighting and so on. 
And in fact, there was, um, uh, there was a, a, a speaker yesterday, uh, Jonathan Jay, who, you know, he was he was sharing his story of how he's kind of like, you know, acquired loads of businesses and uh, and and all the trials and tribulations of that. And one of the fundamental things in place is essentially about making sure you've got a team in really good shape and that the the team and the quality of that team and their um, their knowledge, their understanding, but their, and their ability to do a really good job is absolutely key. So it's this recurring theme for these businesses is how to address it. And I think um, often, I think the tendency is to over rely on, you know, what we, we might describe as one aspect of this pillar, one you know, brick or piece. And, and it might be that they over rely on the person themselves, you know, like uh, getting really good talent in. And, uh, you know, uh, we've had experiences of where we hire super experienced people. But actually, if you don't give them the uh, the processes, the, the guidance, the training, etc., actually, they don't get the results you want. Um, but also examples where people over rely on the training, as you say, like providing the skills and and trying to give you the knowledge. But without all of that, that that foundational stuff in place where you've got your policies and your SOPs. And so as a result, they then struggle and end up having to do a lot of time spent coaching, reminding, picking, uh, picking up the mistakes and, and those sorts of things. So I think, um, yeah, the way, uh, the way that you've described it, you know, putting these things together, I think it becomes a useful um, concept for business uh, owners to, to use to think, have I got each of these? You know, have I got those checklists on? Here's how the, the, the doing is done. Here's the steps that make it work. Have I got policies on when we want the, the why, you know, or the, uh, the conceptual uh, level of, uh, you know, things like how do we manage performance? Um, and then you've got the detail. And then, as you say, bring, bring that together with training for the knowledge and the, uh, for the uh, particularly for the skills, and then onboarding checklist to bring it all together. So I, I, I love that in terms of how that uh, does that. Um, but you know, it's uh, so many businesses kind of skip those skip those foundations, right? Like they uh, they don't put those in place. Um, what why why do you think that is? And as a result, like uh, you know, why is that um, why is that cause that problem? And like, how would they then get started? So why why is it? Well, interesting because one of the um, the points I was just saying was around. Okay, we have training on top. And perhaps when I say training, it's very easy to think about kind of formal training courses, which you're mm, arranging. True. But I don't necessarily mean that. Um, yes, we got the kind of the formal uh, training activities. But for many, it is, um, it is this kind of training coaching combination that happens in one-to-one -one meetings. And a lot of businesses are doing this when they bring in new employees. They're, they're trying to teach you uh, how to do it by getting you to sit down with the expert and, and go through those steps. Uh, and then later on, it's the same thing. You kind of you see that they're struggling with something, and so you kind of get them onto a call, and you try to train them how to do it on the on the call. And then the call, they're like, "Okay, great, that looks fine, simple." And then you then you um, wait, and and it may work once or twice, and then you start to see the mistakes. And you're like, "Why? Why? I've told you how to do this." Um, and the, I mean, why do you do it that way? Because in that moment, it feels like the easiest quickest and in your mind most effective way to pass that knowledge over to the person it's like if i'm talking to them then if there's anything for god and they'll be able to raise a question we'll be able to have a conversation it feels it feels nice it's it's more enjoyable as a yeah. one-off activity to to be to be doing that and you feel nice and important and, and you've got this knowledge and you, you demonstrate how much of an expert you are at the same time all, all good things except 
that, as we said, it then then gets forgotten. And so the, the reason you do it is because you you think it's going to work and because you think it's the easiest way. The, the result is it gets forgotten. And anyone that's doing this, you know, you, you know this is true. You know that you're getting the same mistakes and questions coming up again and again. You can also look across your team and see that people will know have different kind of levels of knowledge where some people have heard something and some people have heard something else. It's not scalable and it's an always reliable on one person who's the expert kind of giving that guidance each time. Um, but if you, if you look at that metaphor, then it's like basically any time that you have this kind of meeting where you're like, I can see things are not working as they are. So it feels like I need to give some coaching training. Then even at that kind of micro scale, you need to go, okay, what do I have the pyramid in place? Because if you are sitting down on that meeting and giving that guidance, uh, and that, that training coaching, and they haven't got a way of referring back to the key principles which you're talking about on that on that session on that call then the it, it's on you trust me they they will not remember everything there will be issues and it'll be difficult to to get them resolved so you got two choices one which is to invest the time uh before the the call to to get get it written down into a format which is then uh something you can go through on the call or you can do it on the call. You can do it with them. Start creating that that um, that the documentation at that point. Either way, they need to come out with not just what you've coached them, but that referral doc, uh, reference document that they can then go back to and can be challenged in future when they realise some of the steps don't work quite as well as you uh, expected. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, it reminds like it makes me think about. I had a conversation yesterday with a with a business owner. Who's, you know, rapid growth. Uh, they'd gone from uh, five to 12 to uh, 17 people over in their team in a really, really short period of time and um, uh, had got a particular part of the, uh, the business and uh, sales uh, where they were trying to rapidly scale and get people in and yet we're starting to have problems, right? Because initially the first people they brought in, A, it was a bit slower, so those people had longer to, to get up to speed and that was fine, you know, it took a while for the leads to come in and so on. Um, but also a smaller number of people meant that they were they had been doing the, the sit with them or the, the delivering the direct training. And uh, whereas at this point they were getting to a point where even you know running group training and so on wasn't wasn't cutting it. like they in theory they thought oh well we can just get more people like in a room to to deliver that training but actually you're then not getting the results and the problem particularly you know, frankly in any any part of the business but i find particularly with sales is where there is a natural lag effect with sales like your, your expectation really depending on the industry and so on but really you're expecting that suddenly it's like you know, their first conversation sale for the next conversation and they've made the sale and whatever. There's normally some nurture, there's normally a period over time of follow-up and, and closing where you're expecting to kind of start to see the results. And the problem is that uh, as a result, if you, as you say, if you go through just, uh, if you don't have that pyramid in place and you do parts of it, the risk is that it takes quite a while before you even realise that you've got that problem. And then you realise that actually our conversion rates aren't where they should be or you start listening to... Uh, uh, recordings of calls or getting feedback from customers or, or whatever and you start going ah yeah this this isn't working and you have to go back and the problem is if you've over relied on something like training then you're you essentially go into reminder uh, mode 
where you go, you know, okay, Janet, you know, I, I can see on this, you, you didn't do these steps. Um, as a result, the client didn't really articulate the value. And, and as a result, um, you kind of uh, you didn't create enough momentum for the sale. And so it's only really where you've got all that stuff baked in and, and easier to follow and, and easier for them to be successful that as a result, you start getting the results, right? So I think, um, I think that's really, really powerful. I think um, it's perhaps we should uh, move on to, like, if you break this right down, like, well, what are the um, initial steps that someone can go through to get this in place? Because otherwise there's a risk that they go, okay, you know, I've got this pyramid, I've perhaps got some, some bits, I'm probably not even happy with some of the bits that I've got. I know I'm meant to have all of it. Like, uh, and it feels a big challenge, particularly if they're looking across the whole business and saying, yeah, I haven't got this for any role in my business right now. So um, what would we recommend with the, the first few steps to get started? Cool. Good, good question. So first of all, just to get clear on what your end goal is. So you want your employees uh, that you're supporting to be able to find to proactively find all the guidance that they need to do the job. And all it's again, it's not about knowing be able to find guidance about the exact customer they're supporting or the details of their their um, the project or well, they should be able to find those things but what we're, i'm really talking about at this point is the the standard processes that they need to be going through where you're trying to stop them from dropping those those balls um and just to add to uh what the example that you were just sharing the the not it is it, this kind of efficiency big benefit but imagine the stress when you're in that situation mm -hmm. at the employee knows that they're making mistakes and is starting to get the cold sweats the business leader is looking down and really questioning the employee's ability to do their job because they've been told what to do they, they they've you know you've told them more than once you've been reminded them and they're still making mm -hmm. the same mistakes you're really questioning whether you've got the right person for the role um and the employee will sense that, uh, trust me. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it, we've seen so many examples where that's, um, it's proven once we've got the guidance in place that we were completely off in that, that assessment of them potentially not being able to do their job. So the end goal is that they can proactively solve their own problems um, and find all that guidance. So uh, the first step would be to choose, uh, choose a, a, a role. So we're not, um, you may have a, a team members who have a very clear specific role, but you may have team members that have multiple different um, uh, roles. So I, and my engineering team, I have people who are both doing uh, some of the development, but also doing some data security work and some mm -hmm. operations work and, and tech support. Um, to make this simpler, start with one role and you can move on to the others later. Then uh, map it out. And to do this, you can ask yourself three simple questions. The first one is, what tasks does someone in this role need to be able to do? And uh, you want to think uh, as to be quite complete, but it doesn't need to be perfect because you can come back and add more later. Um, and to think about it, think about what are they doing on a daily basis, what on a weekly basis, what's on a monthly basis, what are they doing ad hoc? Make those lists. These um, These will in time turn into your checklists and your or your SOPs. Then you go, okay, we've got these tasks. Now what additional guidance are they going to need, which is slightly bigger than any of the checklists, but will be needed to support that. Um, and so this is where you're thinking about the kind of the, the, the policies, the reference documents that people can look at um, to support it. And it, it's your marketing guidelines or your um, uh, your vacation policy or your, your coding best practices or whatever. Um, yeah. So 
that's the the second bit. Then the third bit is go okay. If we gave them these these uh, you know we've identified tasks and we're giving them these checklists and then we've identified the additional material they need to refer to and they have those policies. What additional training would they need to excel? And for example, it's that training on uh, and coaching to support them getting great at doing sales calls. Um, and that's it. You've essentially at that point mapped all of the guidance that they're going to need to excel in the role. So step three, so step one, choose the role. Step two, map it out. Three simple questions. And you should be able to do this within an hour. Step three um, is to create placeholders for the employees so that they can, in, in whatever system you're using, where you're collecting the data, so they can uh, find all of this content. And it's not that they can find the, the, the detailed document because that's going to take time. But let's say that you know that there's a task that they need to do and it's to do a quarterly, uh, once a quarter they need to give a sales forecast. Mm-hmm. All at the moment, you just need to create a placeholder which says, when you do the sales forecast, um, or we do a quarterly sales forecast, this is when it happens. And in the absence of this document, this is what you should do, which might be talking to you or, or something else. Just something which is there because that gives the employee faith that if they've got a question, they can always look to find it proactively. And at least at the very least, they will find the best person on the team to talk to rather than wasting half their time, you know, trying to solve it themselves using Google and then a load of time uh, talking to the wrong people. So we've got placeholders. And then for the managers, we want to have a a, a dashboard um, so that you see that list of content which you've got planned. and that takes us into the, the fourth step, which is you use that dashboard. We've got this full list and you prioritize which of these things is essential to get done. So the really high priority, uh, because at the moment it's costing us a huge amount. You know, we've got a new joiner coming in and they'll be screwed if they don't have this in place. Or we're constantly seeing mistakes in this one area. I'm losing half my day to reviewing mistakes that are made in the in development so we need a peer review process or it's a demo thing the demo calls that are, are failing whatever identify the ones which are really high priority mm-hmm. and deprioritize everything else uh this is really 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 important if you take that long list that you've mapped out and try and do everything you are not going to get great return on investment so you need to prioritize 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 hard and then you manage it through so you manage through creating those pieces of content uh, and once those are in place, they've been tested, you then repeat and you go, okay, what next? And it might be to solve some more issues that you've identified in the first pieces, or it might be moving on to other ones and you slowly pad it out. Uh, and yeah, over time, that's how you get your pyramid. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, in terms of the speaking to the impact, because I, I, I think there's um, some challenges that some business owners you know, might, might see that process and kind of go, okay, yeah, I get it. I have to you know, focus on a specific role, come up with some of the guidance and, and put that in place. But, oh, you know, that doesn't, doesn't that feel like a lot of work before I even bring this person in? Um, wouldn't it just be quicker if I like train them and get them up to speed? And yet what we've seen over and over again, working with our clients and, and so on, has been, uh, and, and for our own business, has been that the time invested up front doing this and getting these in place, getting the SOPs in, in, in place and, uh, and, and getting that onboarding checklist documented means that when that person then joins, the amount of time that you need to spend spoon-feeding them, this kind of information, you know, the, the, the guidance, massively reduces. And we've had examples where 
um, we were working with um, uh, Georgia Kirk at Right Business Results, where she was getting to that point of, you know, she felt like she was the bottleneck in a number of processes. She wanted to bring in the salesperson. And she, uh, but she's worried, like, bringing in that salesperson means that everything grinds to a halt because suddenly she's not able to work on the biggest priorities. She's not able to sell and, and, and so on. And what we found is that actually by spending a few hours like up front, and I mean a few as in uh, three uh, to five max, in the first week of that employee's onboarding, she worked out that, we, uh, that it saved her 18 hours. So five hours in the, in the short period beforehand had saved her 18 the following week of time that she's not spoon-feeding the employee. Even better than that, the... Uh, the new joiner, the person uh, joining the team, felt valued and uh, uh, and appreciated and felt like, oh, this is a great company I'm coming into because they're, they're really structured in, in how I'm going to be delivering value and, and clear on what I need to do to be successful in this role. So as a result, it reduced the chance that they disappear out the, uh, out the back door after coming in the front only days or weeks before. You know, I've spoken to business owners literally in the last few days who've said, uh, you know, I spoke to one who said that um, he had someone... Uh, leave after seven weeks in the role and how uh, painful that was because of all the time that had been put in the recruitment and I, and I repeated this to another business owner and they said I've had that after three days and you know what what causes that it's that bad experience that unstructured experience that you leave to luck that you uh, hope that it'll be this good experience and then it isn't. And so what was amazing for like in George's case is you've got this team member who's getting up to speed, starting to add value really quickly. And we've had examples where we've had people who are able to deliver value, whether it's like start conducting sales calls or whatever, within like five working days of their, their first day of joining, they're suddenly starting to add value, which they love. Um, and then you can you can add on more and make it productive. What's amazing, like in George's case, she worked out that over the course of the first three months of the employee's probation, she saved 200 hours of her time, which uh, she valued at more than £30,000, right? Because of the uh, time that she freed up and what she could then uh, do with it. But like that was for one role and actually one hire in that one role. Yeah. And and I think that's the, the power here is the temptation is to think, oh, well, this sounds like, you know, what a lot of work this is. As a result, can I just leave it? And maybe I'll do that at another point. I'll, instead, I'll just focus on hiring this person. And it's the exact way, wrong way round. The exact wrong way round. Instead, it's even for hiring this one role, it is worth putting this in place because of the time saved and the increase in value and the decrease in churn uh, and so on. And yet the incredible value that you get let's say if that person does leave and it might be for personal circumstances whatever or that you need to hire another person for that role suddenly you get all that benefit without having had to then repeat uh, some of the the steps to do it and so i think the incredible power of having this in place but as as you've uh, broken it down paddy like it's not just about having one of these parts you have to uh, bring it all together and i think um uh, in terms of resources that we've got we've actually got um, some really useful resources that people can use because th this is a challenging area, right? Like it's so easy to kind of go, ah, I think I get it, I'll go and create something. And it's so easy to then spend 20, 30, 40 hours creating something. And then, then you don't get that return on investment within a week. Yeah. Um, we, we've worked hard on like, creating these kind of things for it. So what are some of the resources that people can use uh, to help them get started faster? Well, it's a it's a good point. It, it, I, certainly nowadays, I, every time that there's a, a new task that needs to be delegated and, and so on, 
I can't say that, you know, at this point in, in my career, I then go, brilliant, I'm going to write a document and create a checklist and, and it thrills me. I, I would lo- I, I'd love to be able to take the lazy route. And the only reason I don't is because I know very well that it, mm. it will screw me in the long term. Um, and so uh, what I would find at this point, um, and because I because we've uh, got a, a common structure for our, where the content goes and we know what a checklist should look like. And so I don't need to think hard about uh, where I'm, I'm going to name it, where I'm going to uh, put mm. that content, um, what's going to needs to go into it. I, I know all those things instinctively and I've um, learned a lot of lessons about just how to write a checklist in a, uh, a sensible way um, that makes it easy to use, that's quick to write the return on investment for me is I will always get the payback in that first session of, of sharing it for having invested the time before the call to do it. I will always get that, that, that payback basically immediately. Um, and when we're supporting our customers and we, we will always see that payback, uh, within, within weeks, uh, and that, that changes, uh, everything. So in terms of resources, yeah, actually we, we took that process I shared earlier and have padded it out into a book, which is humbly called the ultimate guide to team process management and role onboarding. Uh, uh, yep. Humbly, uh, you can, uh, find it on our website at airmanual.co. Uh, if you click on resources at the uh, top of the page and we'll also put links to it in the, into the show notes, but that goes into more detail. And of course, um, you can talk to us. Uh, one thing we haven't kind of shared before is whenever you get a, uh, a demo with Air Manual, I don't, I don't want to plug that as a sales thing, but whenever you do, you talk to a consultant who will be able to guide you on, on your first steps based on the business problems you've got. Um, so that's actually a really valuable resource too. But the, the ebook, if you, if you want to self-serve, is an, a brilliant start on uh, how, to, how to start approaching your team's guidance. Yeah. Love that. I, uh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will plug uh, that conversation with the with the um, uh, with a member of our team because the reason that I think a lot of business owners hold back from this is not knowing quite what good looks like and what being worried about finding the time. And I think the um, one of the things that you know, and we we have linked to in the ebook is we have templates for this stuff. We've got already got these you know pre-populated checklists that you can use as a starting point. And um, one of the things that I really love seeing is how business owners on a you know call with us or workshop with us suddenly find that you can get this stuff done so quickly. Like particularly if you've got someone asking you questions to get the stuff out of your brain and into a checklist. And so I think that's a really powerful thing and something that with us you can uh, like do for free. You can have that conversation with a member of our team uh, and, and start um, unraveling that and, and making progress on that uh, really, really quickly. So uh, I would highly recommend uh, people get the ebook, of course, follow that. Um, but uh, yeah, getting, getting a, a call arranged with a member of our team at airmanual.co um, is, uh, is going to be really powerful. Um, Fantastic. Well, we've covered a lot there in terms of the guidance that you need and the the impact that they, that can have. Um, as regular listeners know, we run a we run a regular webinar. It won't be running today because I'm uh, I'll be actually uh, on stage speaking at the event, <laughs> uh, talking, uh, doing a, essentially a Q and A around processes and uh, and how you can use 
uh, better processes and onboarding to address the most common friction points for growing businesses. However, uh, it will be uh, back next week uh, and it's a webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. And what I love about doing that webinar, by the way, is every time I run it, I am uh, finessing it and uh, finding ways of uh, making the, the steps even easier to follow or using uh, examples and case studies that really bring it to life. So please do uh, join us uh, live. Uh, it'll be, um, uh, typically it's Wednesdays at 1 p.m. UK time, which is the case for the, for the one next week uh, as of when we're recording this. Um, but uh, you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar uh, where you'll see the details of when the next one is and how you can register. A final note for our podcast listeners, as a, as a new podcast, we need your help. If you found that uh, today's content really valuable, please just take one minute to leave a review. Uh, it really helps us to get more visibility, to help more people, which is ultimately what we're all about. We want to help as many business owners as possible, remove the stress from their business, uh, achieve great results and get time to do what matters most. So please do do that. Please uh, share it on uh, LinkedIn and other social media. Uh, it would really, really help us and we'd hugely appreciate it. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.